Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Friday podcast. We've got a fantastic episode for you today, the first ever collaboration. Um, today, I'm going to be collaborating with uh, the guys from Red Talks. I don't know if you've seen their their podcast before, but they're mainly a Liverpool podcast, and I've, I've decided to basically uh, to, collaboration, uh, to do a collaboration with them today um, because the opportunity came up, and I think we've got some fantastic talking points in terms of the Premier League, but also Liverpool season. And we can do a quick deep dive into, into how they've been doing, um, the struggles that they've had through injuries and, and what they can expect for the rest of the season. Um, so, so I think we're going to cover the Liverpool stuff towards the end of the episode. But to begin with, um, I want to kind of introduce you to the guys that are going to be on. So we've got Tom and Bobby. Um, if you guys want to kind of introduce yourself and kind of have your, have your say, I suppose, on, on this, this season's Premier League so far. Uh, we'll start with Tom. All right. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us both, mate. Special thanks from Bob because he, he he's just got nothing to do these days. So um, <laughs> it's it's really good. Uh, he's giving him an activity. Um, yeah. So uh, we host Red Talks together. It's like you said. It's basically pretty much mainly a Liverpool podcast, and I just mean so far this season it hasn't been the most optimistic show. We've been quite, you know, we've picked and cho- chosen where uh, where we do our episodes though. So we've picked some pretty big moments to come in. Um, we went away for a few weeks when uh, when the shifty results really started pouring in. But but we're back regularly uploading again. You know, Bob's uh, finally feeling a little bit of that time now. <laughs> cool, mate. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us, mate. Uh, good to be here. This is the first collab uh, we've ever done too. Uh, but like Tom said, um, it's been pretty crap at the moment. Um, but you know, we're good Champions League result last night. I was just wondering uh, who, who've, uh, who've you got in the Champions League? Oh, oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> maybe, a bit, maybe a bit too, uh, maybe yeah. too I slipped my mind. Yeah, yeah. But I thanks know, for having but... us on. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem, guys. It's great to have you. And of course, Manchester United, my team, are back to Thursday night football, which is just fantastic. You know, everybody loves to, everybody loves the Thursday, uh, the Thursday Sunday. Uh, At least it's familiar, mate. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've, yeah, we've heard that. We've heard the Europa League uh, theme tune before, but um, yeah, you know, we've we won it in the past with with Mourinho. So um, hopefully, we can we can do the same again with with Solskjaer. Um, I suppose staying on the topic of Europe, who who do you guys have for the for the Champions League? I think we all know that um, Bayern Munich obviously are looking really really strong this season. Uh, their 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 squad depth is absolutely unbelievable, and I, I saw a statistic recently where where their manager has six trophies and only five losses is in in his Bayern Munich career so far. So I wonder, can you can you look past Bayern Munich, and if so, who is the closest challenger? I would have to go. The closest challenger uh, will be Man City. I know they've got a reputation um, of bottling it, uh, you could say, in the Champions League, never really make it past the, the quarterfinals. But I just can't help but feel, uh, with the quality they've got at the moment, with the league form, um, I can't help but feel that they'll put in a, a good run this season. Uh, they've got Gundogan playing well, uh, Phil Foden, very strong team. and uh, So I think, if, I think it'll be a very close between the two. Um, obviously, Liverpool, maybe dark horses. But Man City, I would go for the closest challenges. Yeah, I'd probably hop onto that as well I think last season I I would have said the same thing though and it always gets to the point in the Champions League where City just massively end up disappointing everyone I think um, it's pretty much undeniable how talented their squad are I think you can kind of say the same for PSG a little bit as well their expectations were always higher based on how talented they are and then when it comes to actual results in the tournament they haven't um, done anything too significant but yeah I'd have to say City as well yeah I, I agree with you guys too. I think it's a very, very different Man City team we're looking at compared to last year's where um, 
in previous years the the attack going forward has been really really strong and then defensively you know they always they were, you were always able to get at them whether it was um, Otamendi or Stones at the back but um, Stones is looking a completely different player this season and uh, I think City have really built from the back in terms of how Guardiola is trying to rebuild his team you know recently he, he had a lot of um, a lot of injured players so I think Man City are a really interesting shout obviously you mentioned PSG of course there as well uh, Mbappe getting a hat trick last night uh, at the time we're recording this um, but again, you have to kind of question the, the the history of both PSG and Man City in the Champions League, and they they haven't uh, haven't been quite able to get over the line in the end. But um, I suppose staying on the topic of Man City, do do you think do, do you worry that maybe they might kind of run run away with the league in the next few years? It, it looks like they're going to run away with it this year, but is that a worry for you going forward that that maybe they might add to what they already have, and then it might be a struggle to close the gap? Well, it certainly looks like, uh, like you said, this year, um, this year that about eight weeks ago, all of a sudden you started becoming a bit more ruthless, not dropping any points, going out results when they had to. But uh, in terms of the next few seasons, am I worried? No. Um, I think, I know um, it's an easy excuse to make. I think once uh, once we've got all our players fit, um, a big one there being Van Dijk, um, I think we can really challenge um, Manchester City over the next few years however where I think they've uh, got it right um, like you mentioned earlier it was defensively last year they always looked uh, looked susceptible defensively always looked like they could be easily exposed um, whereas this year um, like we, maybe a bit like we were last year um, they can score and they're very hard to break down um, which is quite a dangerous combination yeah I think you've always got to worry about City in the sense that like Looking at other Prem teams, they always seem to be the most talented squad. And on top of that, they've got all the spending power as well to improve each season. But that that was the case last season. We all know what happened. That was the case season before when we pushed them all the way to the end. Yeah, we still came second. But, you know, it was a, it was a battle right right down to the end. So, like Bob says, once, once we're fully fit. And it's not just a case of getting players back with us. It's once we can let, like, Henderson and Fabinho return to their positions as well. Like, we, we, can, we can see a lot a team a lot closer to what we were last season. And not to mention, we we could be strengthening our own squad. And that was ask, uh, ask you, Ben. Um, yeah. Solskjaer said um, he's not going to let Man City run away with it. Do you think you've got any chance at all of catching Man City this year? Um, I think if you'd asked me this a few weeks ago, I would have given you a much more optimistic answer. But um, I think ever since the loss to Sheffield United, we've just we've just not really been able to get our mojo back. I think if you look at United over, over the career under Solskjaer, that they've been good in patches. They're kind of form teams where they'll string a really good few months together of, of real consistency and grinding out results. And then all of a sudden one result goes wrong and they kind of struggle to pick up the same form that they had before again. And I do fear that maybe from a, from a United fan perspective, that, that uh, that's, that's going to be a worry for us and that maybe we're looking at more of a top four finish, but um, there's there's no doubt we have the players uh, in certain areas. I think I still think in in terms of winning the Premier League, I, l- I look at the spines of teams. The, the spine of the team that you guys had last year was was Allison, um, uh, Van Dijk, obviously Henderson, and and kind of Firmino Salah kind of drifting yeah. in out of the middle. You know that that straight down the middle is hugely strong, and that's the same with the City team. And I look at our spine. I think De Gea is not good enough. Maguire and Lindelof not good enough. We don't have a good enough CDM, Scott McTominay and Fred, not good enough either. But then you look at Bruno and Cavani, I would say they are good enough. So in terms of closing the gap to City, we've got 
a lot of work to do in the transfer market. I think previous windows would suggest that um, Ed Woodward doesn't spend wisely enough. So I think from a recruitment point of view, that's a worry, but I don't think we're a million miles away. I think uh, another season or two, and we'll, we'll be right there with, with you guys in Man City. Um, I, th- I think it's going to be much more interesting how, how you as a Liverpool team strengthen. And I just wondered, uh, I'll put it back to you guys. Where do you think you do need to strengthen in the summer? If, if you ask me, I don't think um, there's any major uh, need to strengthen. Uh, at the moment, uh, we've got Jota injured, we've got Van Dijk injured, we've got Gomez injured, uh, we've got Matip who's injured, Naby Keita's injured. So we've got, that's just five there, just off the bat. Uh, crucial first-team senior players um, who've been injured. I mean, it's just one of those seasons we've been really, really unlucky with it. So I think whenever, when everyone's fit and back, um, I still think we've got a good enough spine, like you, like you said there, um, to really push for, for the league. If you had to gun to my head, um, you would ideally want cover for Alexander Arnold. Uh, I don't think Neko Williams is quite good enough yet uh, to provide, provide the cover. Um, and also in terms of maybe another midfielder, um, you've got to bear in mind uh, James Milner's uh, getting on a bit. Naby Keita's obviously prone to uh, very, very injury prone. And I think we're both of the opinion that Wayne Allen's gone. After yeah. The season, so would ideally a replacement there. Yeah. So we're looking at a holding midfielder, um, and then obviously we've got the front four, if you like, of uh, Mane, Salah, Firmino, and Jota. Uh, but again, like like you've seen this season um, with Jota's injury, that's had a massive impact on us um, as well. Um, he was firing on all cylinders before he got injured. So maybe we'd want maybe um, a, a competent replacement. Um, instead of Origi um, and Shakiri. Yeah, I'd agree with that depth uh, for like when it comes to our forwards. But in terms of like anything major, um, I'm not too panicked by. by it. I think we've got a, a good squad. Uh, look at the ages as well. The or most of them are coming into the are in the peak right now um, of the 27 to 30, um, which is another big factor. Of course, um, you've mentioned obviously that midfield area being a real difficulty for you this season. We've we've seen. Henderson have to have to drop back to centre back, uh, Fabinho as well, and that's kind of you, you think that would almost be uh, uh, an opportunity for Thiago to really step up and show what he's all about. But he's 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 struggled, I think. Thiago, um, one player I think has stepped up and done a good job is Curtis Jones. But staying on Thiago, I think what what's your assessment of of his season so far? I think we can all see how talented he is, but ideally, when we brought him in, we did that under the assumption that Fabinho and Henderson would be healthy and he could play, you know, somewhat of a different role in our midfield than the one he's been playing. You know, we lose a lot of ball winning ability without Henderson and uh, Fabinho on the pitch. So he kind of has to pick up a little bit, uh, pick up the slack a little bit there. And that's not really his forte as much. We know we brought him in to uh, be a source of creativity really. And, I don't think he's really been unleashed to, uh, to that extent just because of the fact that we've had to have Henderson and Fabinho cover our back line. Yeah, I, I'd completely agree. I think tactically he's inhibited at the moment. I think he's better further forward. Um, and also with the players around him, like Tom said, rightly so, Henderson and Fabinho, uh, when he was in midfield with them against Everton, he ran the show. He controlled the game. Um, but I also think that when Klopp signs players, um, it's unusual for him just to chuck him straight in the first team and give him a baptism of, of fire, if you like. And that's um, that's what's happened uh, here. You know, it always takes time for him to adjust tactically to the system. 
Um, I can't remember the last time Klopp brought in, a, maybe Jota actually, the last time he really brought in a player, um, he goes straight in the first team and he sets the world on fire. Um, so I think it's very much a time and a bit, very much uh, a case of being patient uh, at the moment. And I think he, there's no doubt his quality and it, it will, he will come good. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think um, I think when he signed, there was there was no doubt that you, what type of player you were getting. Uh, obviously, a Champions League winner with Bayern Munich, but um, I think I think when the opportunity arose for for any team to get him, we had United in for him. I think um, teams in Italy were in for him because because of how good of a season he did have. Um, the low price tag around twenty million pounds, but I, I think looking back now of, of what I see. Is, is he a Jurgen Klopp player to you? Because I look at guys like Henderson, loads of energy, covers a lot of ground. Fabinho's the same. Um, Wijnaldum, again, high energy, kind of really has that drive drive about them. And I, I'm not sure I see that with Thiago. Is that a fair assessment to say I, that he's a different type of player? To I what? think you're right in the sense that, you know, you, took, you alluded there to like, we've got this like blue collar mentality in our team, right? So it's, it's, you know, it's not, maybe it's not how pretty you are on the ball or it's really high energy. You mentioned Henderson, Robertson's a really good example as well. But I think just because he is so talented, uh, obviously in a different way, but his, his abilities without question. And I think Klopp's ability as a manager, that being without question, I think, when you get two things like that, they're just so good, it, it, it sorts itself out inevitably. You see, I think the whole reason he's been brought in is because he's exactly what he said. He's not a Jurgen Klopp kind of player. Uh, and I say that because he gives that element of surprise. Um, you know, when teams drop deep, um, if there's anyone who can pick a good pass out or break the, break the lines, um, it'll be him. So it's just that element of surprise, that um, bit of a, an extra dimension, um, which I think he's been brought in to do. And Klopp's always said, um, one of the greatest strengths of Liverpool the last few seasons um, has been unpredictable, mixing things up a bit. Um, so I think that's exactly um, why he's brought Thiago in. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, um, I, I look at Liverpool this year and, and regardless of, of how many injuries they have had, especially in the defensive areas, um, goals are something that they've really struggled with. Um, I look at your front three. I think Salah has, has really carried you guys in terms of his, his contribution to the goal. And then obviously um, Firmino and, and Mane have, have slightly struggled a little bit. I, uh, I remember seeing a, a statistic, Jamie Carragher pointed out that front threes kind of staying at the top level and, and a front three together are normally broken up. You look back at Barcelona's previous front threes, obviously Messi stayed, but you had guys come in like Suarez, uh, Neymar, who, who, who all left, Pedro was there for a bit, Villa was there. Do you worry that maybe their time as a front three is up and maybe you need to a, a, a different switch? Possibly Jota come in when he's fit? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the, the time is up. Um, I know exactly what G Jamie Carragher means. Um, you know, obviously, as time goes on, uh, teams spend more time looking at it. Uh, the, the sort of gameplay, the, the tactics become more clear. It's easy to work with in training. But um, that's, yeah, like I said, it's exactly why we brought Jota in. Uh, just to uh, mix things up a bit, just to, again, like with Thiago, the element of surprise, that extra extra bit. Um, but you still can't deny, uh, you know, the, the output. Salah's got 17 Premier League goals uh, already this season, um, which, you know, is not top top scorer in the league. Um, so it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. But um, I think it's just a case um, of this season, of the team being a bit disjointed. Um, Alexander-Arnold and Robertson maybe can't attack as freely as they used to. Um, obviously, uh, again, it goes back to injury. So there's been a lot of other factors rather than just maybe um, the front three. 
uh, losing their quality. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on that a little bit. Not to, We're going to sound like we're just sympathising way too much for Liverpool season, but... Um, <laughs> What's so what was so important to the team last season, and this like what's characterised this Liverpool team for me is just you, you know everyone talks about the system, like no players mm-hmm. are big in it. The, the system's what does so well, Klopp system, and uh, you know, it might be hard for some people to see how injuries in your back line can impact on um, your forwards, but they're that they're a huge part of our system. As Bob said, it changes uh, what our, the way our fullbacks have been playing. So you know, I think we've seen like a bit of a regression all over the pitch because of the changes to the squad that that's been made. That's a, that's a fair assessment. So so to clarify, uh, a fit Jota doesn't doesn't get into the front three for you? I would say a fit Jota uh, does get in the team, but like Klopp did when Jota was actually fit, rotation. Um, I, yeah, rotation, I think sporadically yeah. for me. Um, I, I mean, look, we have the, fix, the fixtures we've got. We're playing twice every week with Champions League. So mm-hmm. we'll need it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I do, I do, I don't think anyone necessarily gets dropped. I think it's more a case of keeping people fresh. Very good. Um, in terms of the Premier League this year, it's been a real kind of topsy turvy league. Yeah. Uh, difficult to predict, and and even when we are halfway through, there's some, there's been some real surprises um, in terms of what we've seen with certain teams, players. Uh, when you look at maybe players like Werner, who you expected to come in and get a lot of goals, hasn't quite done it. Um, Lampard, obviously, with the window he's had, uh, was was eventually let go by Chelsea. Um, in terms of the league in general, has there has there been anything that's really surprised you in terms of what what's going on so far? I would say the biggest uh, the biggest thing for me um, are the two teams of Aston Villa um, and Leeds. They've been the two obviously surprise packages. The ones at the start of the season, I was thinking. You know, these are going to be um, fighting maybe for, for relegation. But um, what I've liked, and West Ham for that matter, actually, mm, um, what I've liked is these teams um, have, have spent wisely in the transfer window, uh, particularly Aston Villa. Um, and then what, what I quite like is they come out and attack uh, the big teams. Um, you know, they've got very, they're very good going forward, like West Ham last season, maybe a bit too defensive, part of the bus a bit. But this season they've got come out um, more, um, more, off, more offensive. So I think what we're seeing here is um, maybe the gulf between the top four um, and the rest starting to close, which I think has been the, the biggest surprise of the season. Yeah, I think so as well. I, th- I think early in the season when we saw big teams dropping uh, points where you otherwise wouldn't have thought they would, mm. like you look at our result against Villa, T against Leicester, T against Leeds, for that matter. Uh, I think it's probably easy to... Like brush that under the carpet is oh they just bottled that result or they didn't play as good as they could have but I think it speaks to what Bob actually said there and that we've seen the, the lower down teams but performing a lot better and maybe it does speak to like a more competitive league in the future I think Leeds have been a surprise to me a little bit in the sense of how good how good they've been to watch I, I didn't watch too much of uh, the championship in any of the previous seasons, really, but I've, I've, any Leeds game, I'm really quite excited for now. Uh, West Ham too. Where like, are they fourth at the moment? Yeah, they've leapfrogged up from us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant how they're doing. I mean, you know, we'll see how it ends, but it's yeah. it's, it's great how they're doing <laughs> at the moment. And uh, I, to be honest, I'm not surprised City uh, in the top spot or even really running away with it. But I, I, I will give credit to them in how well they've fixed their back line because I think. Um, Especially that centre back pairing they've got going on there is just—it's absolutely brilliant. I guess you've got to give a lot of credit to Pep for that. He's really sorted out. I think they had obvious defensive woes last season, mm-hmm. but he's—he's he's really cracked onto that, and that's why they're so far ahead at the moment. I think. 
Very good. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a really really good season for for the neutral. Um, just watching how how teams have progressed and maybe maybe slipped up where where you didn't expect them to. Um, in terms of the top four, we we we're currently looking at uh, Manchester City, Manchester United, um, Leicester, and and West Ham uh, as the top four. I think that will change. But for for you guys, where where what do you think the the final top four will be? I'm going to go for Manchester City, Liverpool. Chelsea and Man United. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the same. I was thinking about this earlier, and I was worried about Leeds when I uh, about Leicester when I was doing it. Sorry, because um I know they did really well last season too up to this point, and then sort of tapered off. But I think their result against us was was quite a big one, maybe a warning sign that that's not going to happen. Still, I think we are going to make it. Obviously, someone has to drop out there, and of those teams. Uh, I I think Chelsea are pretty safe for top four on the two core. I think they're going to grind out results and yeah. um, safely manage the top four spot. So if for one of those that has to drop out for us to make it in, I do think it's probably going to be Leicester. So I'd agree. I'd, I'd probably agree with Bob's top four. I'd love to say I'm confident Man U are going to bottle it and drop down, but um, yeah. I've got I've got too much credibility, I'm afraid. What do you think, man? Yeah. What do you think, man? Yeah, I, th- I I think I agree with Tom. I think it's um, between Leicester and and Chelsea for for the fourth spot. Although I wouldn't say a fourth spot, I would say just a spot. I think mm. it's really difficult to see how how you can kind of look past Leicester if they keep going the way they are. I think what Tuchel has done is kind of transformed Chelsea really, and he's managed to implement his philosophy really fast. And you can understand what he's trying to do um, at Chelsea. I think last year uh, Leicester had a really, really um, big points gap on on Manchester United and Chelsea last year, but obviously injuries ruined them. So I think I think Chelsea will will have more of the know how to get it done over Leicester. But I think if Leicester stay without any injuries. Um, it's 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 a tough one. I'll go Chelsea narrowly, but uh, I would I would definitely keep an eye on Leicester. Um, one one segment that I thought was really interesting that 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 we should do was kind of a team of the season so far. So um, don't worry if you haven't prepared anything. We can talk through different options in, in different positions. But um, it's been a really really topsy turvy season. A lot of really good players to talk about in in various positions. But um, we're gonna we're gonna do a four three three formation for this. Um, in goals, who who are you guys going for? We were both thinking Martinez. Martin, we, yeah. we we didn't we didn't repair, but we we had a light discussion yeah. round around. Uh, yeah, we think he's just been we, the most in names. terms of uh, consistency. Um, he had a he had a bad game against West Ham. That's the only game I can remember. Other than that, he's been phenomenal. All I, I know was uh, when I was regularly checking on my fantasy team, he was he was getting me serious points. Yeah. So um, that really speaks to him. Yeah, 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 for sure. I uh, I I actually didn't have him in my fantasy team for a really long time. I had. Um, Matt Ryan for Brighton, who who Graham oh, Potter dropped great. straight away. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah, that wasn't a good shout from me. But I think I, I agree with you guys. It's hard to look past Emmy Martinez. You know, when uh, when Arsenal won their FA Cup last year, he was a huge, huge part in, in winning that for Arsenal. Um, I think it was still the correct decision to let him go and, and keep Leno. But um, there's no denying the quality that that Martinez has, and I'll definitely back that option. Um, in at right back, what what are you thinking for that one? Right back. It would have been James Justin um, until he got in. In fact, we'll give it James Justin. Um, I think before he got uh, injured, he was quality for for Leicester. Um, and a big part of Leicester's uh, uh, success was like how good they've been at the back. Um, I think he could do both uh, really well. 
uh, going forward and uh, defending. Um, dangerous player and one to look out for uh, in the future. So he's, he's caught our eye. Yeah, I'll pretty much second that. I, I, I don't think right back is ever going to be like the most ta- nah. like talent stacked uh, position in the league. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll second that. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's hard to look past that. I think in terms of both fullbacks, I would personally have James Justin and, and Jack Cancelo nailed on. I think they've both been playing both um, on both sides because of some injuries and, and things like that to their, their respective teams. But um, yeah, in terms of James Justin, he's really impressed me. I, I didn't know who he was. I remember seeing a few interviews saying how, kind of how quick he was. He's almost as mm. fast as Jamie Vardy in, in training. But um, no, the impact, I think... Um, who he stepped in for Ricardo Pereira. He's a really, really good player mm. and really important for Leicester. And I think that the job he's done in, in coming in for, for him and uh, Castagna, who's, who's also been out for a while, has, has been really impressive. Um, what do you guys think of the Cancelo shout? Is there any debate? I, that? I think that's good. I don't think really we could shout down any C defensive like nomination, to be honest. I, I no. think they've looked so sort of Levac, but um, uh, to be honest, I'd second that. Would Juan Bissaka deserve a shout at um, fullback, would uh, you say? Yeah. It's it's difficult for Juan Bissaka because I think he's very he's very reminiscent of the 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 kind of form of United that I was talking about previously, where we're very good in patches and 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 then not so good. But I think defensively, you can't look past him mm. as as the the best defensive fullback in the league. But it's that going forward now. He, he has improved a lot uh, recently. Uh, he's getting goals. He, he got the he got us off to a good start against Southampton in the nine nil win. Uh, had to sneak that one in there, of course. <laughs> that, but, um, yeah. Good for you. No, no. Uh, yeah, the, I think um, Luke Shaw is is the bigger shout, I think, in at left back. I think if you were to give um, either Kinsella or Justin kind of a run for their money, I think Luke Shaw is the man. Personally, I, I didn't like Luke Shaw for, for many years. I thought he was kind of a liability. You saw the relationship he had with, with Mourinho wasn't the best. Mourinho saying he pretty much coached him throughout an entire game numerous times. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I would personally go for Shaw and Cancelo but I do I do like what Justin's doing what do you think about the the Luke Shaw shade I think he's I think he surprised people at uh with you know some some reasonably impressive improvement this yeah. season I you know we can we can make this a Liverpool Man United thing if we, if we have to <laughs> but I I could not have him over Andy no, I, I, in I think so. any day no, you just look at the assists. Robertson's already got more. And uh, Luke Shaw's had one good game against Liverpool. Um, and then there was a bit of a, a Luke Shaw bandwagon. I still can't uh, picture him <laughs> as anything else but a Sunday league player. Just, I know it's bad, just the way he looks. Yeah, yeah. The way he runs yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was honestly, I think what you're saying is I, I agreed up until this season. And I don't think I've seen him have a bad game, honestly, in the United shirt. I think in, in patches where... Top, I, I hate to bring this up, but Tottenham, he was not in good form. I know no one was uh, in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We definitely, yeah. United definitely took a few games to get going, but... Did Maguire tackle him? He did. Yeah, yeah. I think he brought him down to the ground, actually, just in case, <laughs> trying, to, trying to make sure we didn't concede. But um, no, I think yeah, I think Ollie's been really, really good for him. Um Luke Shaw, I think I think we'll have to we'll have to give it to Cancelo. I think obviously you guys have all over or Justin, sorry, overruled me in that one, but um in terms of, uh, I suppose, the Stones and Diaz, can you look past any either of them in at centre-back? Or is it look, a- right, you, you can call me bias here. I think just because it, he's, he's it's his first season he's been... I'm not saying he definitely gets in, but because it's his uh, first season he's been there, he's done a solid job. He's kept clean sheets fairly often. And he's been, a lot of the time he's been playing next to like a very, very fresh player in like a Nat Phillips or a Reese Williams. I'd have to give Fabinho a shout. 
but I, I, I will I will definitely agree that Diaz makes it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd hundred uh, percent agree with Diaz. Um, yeah. I think it's transformed that Man City defense. Um, but I do, as much as I hate to sound biased, um, Fabinho I think uh, was one of the, be- the best defensive midfielders in the world, um, and now he's gone uh, to centre back. The way he reads the game, um, I know he gave away a stupid penalty the other day against Man City. Um, but I still think his physicality and aerial presence back there is um, he would get into any other uh, back line other than Manchester City. I think also Tyrone Mings deserves a shout as well. Mm. Yeah, I've been I've been impressed with Fabinho. I think he's so you're really lucky that you have a player like him that can step in at centre back. You know, I think there's some CDMs that that wouldn't quite do it at centre back, um, but but he's he's definitely one of them. He has the physicality and and playing it out from the back. He's no doubt he's a he's a much better player than John Stones, but um, I think if you were to in kind of a, a dream team, I suppose if you were to put them together, um, they, they'd be kind of virtually unstoppable. So I'm I'm happy to put Fabinho in there. Uh, midfield three now. It's an interesting one. Obviously, I'm going to back my my boy Bruno Fernandez. He's oh, he's no. my my guy Fernandez. Bruno. He's yeah yeah exactly. I mean, sorry, he was hitting penalties uh, with his with his left foot in the volley there the other day. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but um, no, I think he's a, he's a certainty to be in there. Um, in terms of the other two positions, I'm I'm not even going to let you debate Bruno, so you can you can work. With <laughs> All right, uh, if you've given us uh, Fabinho, we'll let you have Bruno Fernandez, I guess. No, you can't deny he's had a good season. And he is a he is a good player. Um, so I think Jack Grealish would be criminal to leave Jack Grealish out, um, and obviously Gundogan. Gundogan yeah, has to, has to be. Yeah, I don't think there's really an argument against either of those. There's cases. You can probably make for other players as well, but I don't. Like, I don't think there's um, any case you can make against those two. No, Jack Grealish has created the most chances this season, um, and Gundogan's on, on eight goals if I'm right. He's just been out and out ridiculous for these last like, like, however many games. Yeah. I wasn't even. I was going to say it was going to. Yeah. It's a short stint, but it's, it's it's quickly becoming a long one. So this midfield three is almost like having a front three with the amount of goals they've got yeah, between them. It's true. Um, yeah. I think in a, have to ruin it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can be yeah. a holding midfielder. Yeah, <laughs> See, be, when I was kind of when I was kind of mapping this team out in my head, I actually had Grealish on the left wing, um, because of the fact that I thought that this other player that I'm about to mention would offer kind of a bit more balance, and that's Hoiberg from Man City. I think I've been hugely hugely impressed with him. Uh, his kind of aggression, physicality. He's definitely Mourinho's main man there in the in the midfield for Tottenham. And I, and I I know Tottenham have um, have slipped up a lot this season. I don't think they've got the squad to to really be challenging for anything too big. But for 15 million from from Southampton, um, always an okay player for Southampton. But I think he's he's taken his own game and Spurs' game up to a new level. Um, what are you guys thoughts on, on Hoiberg? Does he? I think yeah, match? I think it's a good shout. I think uh, I'd probably be a lot le- easier. Uh, probably be um, making it a lot easier for you to let him in if I didn't already have a front three in mind. We yeah. didn't have Jack Greenish in it, so a little yeah. bit, a little bit. That's probably maybe some bias on my part again. Uh, but no, I, I do think he's been quality, especially considering how much they paid. I'm not saying he should make it in this team, but just because you brought up Spurs, um, I think uh, Ndombele has been great this season. Really, really like watching him play. Yeah. I think ability wise, he's he's mm. mental. Yeah, but, um, go on, Bob. I mean, if uh, if there's a player that epitomizes Jose Mourinho, um, it's got to be Hoiberg. Mm. Um, in terms of uh, whether I will put him in the in the team, I don't think so. Um, I think Spurs recently have really, really dropped off. Um, and, you know, you can't be having these sort of players. You can't be having that like, Hoiberg and, and, Dumbe- Dumbe- and Dumbe- Like We're not excite the fans. Well, it wasn't a serious suggestion. Um, <laughs> I, think our, I think our policy is uh, you can score, but we'll just score more than you. Yeah, yeah. 
for sure. I think as well, Tom, I think one of the big reasons that Dombley has been so good, he's had the protection of Hoybjerg behind him uh, as well as Suzoko. So, um, yeah, I'm happy enough to go with the, the Grealish, Bruno and, and Gundogan uh, midfield three. Moving on to the front three, which is which is the big one and, and always causes the kind of, I suppose, in most combined 11s, it's, it's kind of causing the most debate. Um, for me, there's two certainties. Uh, and I want to know what you guys are thinking for the front three. I think... In my mind, and you probably argue uh, a fair bit of it's based off earlier performance this season, but from factoring it all in, probably have uh, Salah, Son and Kane. Mm. Bob? I would go for Salah, Kane and Calvert-Lewin. Mm. Oh, that's terrible. That's an no, interesting one, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's bad. I, th- <laughs> I thought I th- I, Son was the one that, in my mind, had a little bit of uh, a little bit of debate around mm-hmm. him. I think I think Kane and, and Salah are certainties. Salah, obviously, for his goals and how much he's he, he's contributed to a really struggling Liverpool side, and also Kane for his goals. But but not just that about how he's really transformed his game over the last season or two, playing a much deeper role. His range of passing is unbelievable. Anytime I anytime I watch Kane, how he he's able to bring players into the game. And I think that's not, you, you usually don't see that from kind of real big strikers, how they're, they're able to transform their game. But obviously he's, he's had it in his locker there somewhere and Mourinho's managed to unlock it. Um, yeah, I, I, early on in the season, I can honestly say I was very scared of Spurs and it was mainly because of Kane, and it was really because of him. So this is a testament to how he's played the season under Mourinho. And um, it felt like he reinvented himself early on. And like I said, gave us a lot to worry about. Luckily, there's a reasonable enough points gap there now. So yeah. I'm not too scared anymore, and you know, they yeah. seem to have dropped off. But um, yeah, he was he was he was really good. Yeah, Son as well. I think he he's been a little bit more quiet, but I think it's it's difficult to look past the combination that him and Kane both have. If you put them in any team, I think they're good. They're gonna they're gonna cause a lot of problems. So uh, I think I'm happy enough with that with that eleven in total. Um, an interesting one would be the manager. What manager do you think you would go for? I think I would have to. Give it to Marcelo Bielsa. Oh, yeah. It's not no for the team we've got for the attacking team we've got. Yeah. Um, oh well, no, no, that's not what we're doing at all. Yeah, He's the best manager. Marcelo Bielsa still. Oh, that's Absolutely, not, yeah. Um, I think what he's done. I mean, you can accuse him of being naive coming up to the Premier League. Uh, obviously, got battered by Manchester United. Well, the tenth, the tenth. Correct me if I'm wrong. The tenth in the league. How, there's nothing naive. Um, about that, they, when, when they've the conceded last... forty-two goals up to this point. When was the I last? Read, when, when, when was the last time uh, a newly promoted team has done as well as Leeds? Off the top of my head, I wouldn't know, but I don't think that means we just give it to Bielsa. I think what Bielsa has done for football for the Premier League as well um, is uh, a breath of fresh air. Well, I'm I know. talking about managers, though, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. Like managing. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely right, managing. Uh, Bielsa's come in, brought a new entertaining style of football. Every single Leeds game you watched, like you said earlier, is just entertaining. Um, and I think it would be criminal to overlook him. Yeah, that's reasonable enough. I mean, it's the wrong answer. But Who would you go for? Uh, Steve Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think I'd probably... This this might even be recency bias. I'm not happy about it, but I'll probably give it to Pep just because of how scary oh, City looks at the moment. Oh, sorry. What's Bielsa yeah, winning? Cop out. What's Bielsa winning? The hearts and minds of the fans. How's that a cop out? Cop out. I'm, I'm still I'm still gonna um still gonna go on record saying Jurgen Klopp's a better manager than Pep Guardiola, but um 
so far based on the season. You know, I'm having to give mm. this one to Pep. Well, There's probably ben? some honourable mentions in there. I'll probably put Bielsa yeah. as one of them. But yeah, Ben, who would you pick? De- David Moyes is a good a good shout for a, an honourable mention. You know, he's, he's, shout, he's done a good job. Former Man United, of course, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just just wasn't made for him. Simple as that. But uh, <laughs> some people are up for it, I suppose. But uh, no, I think I think it's hard to look past Pep. His style of play and everything is is really good to watch. Um, in terms of, I suppose, in terms of, of what we've been talking about so far, um, I suppose to finish off on a, a more dull note, um, the relegation, the bottom three, does it change? Does it change much for you in terms of Fulham? I just uh, think that points, that points gap, like literally between them and seventeenth, it like is pretty much too yeah. big this already uh, or this early. So I, I know anything can happen. Uh, so many games yet left to play, but. Logically, I don't really see how that's going to change. Um, just be, no offense, obviously, but just because those, those teams at the bottom are, seem to be so bad at the moment, at least far, quite far behind the back. I don't know if, or, or basically, you know, they can get uh, the teams just above that can get some just disappointing results and still manage to stay alive. What, what do you think? Bob? You see, I agree with Sheffield United and West Brom. Uh, I think you look at the quality of their sides um, and the points gap at the moment, I think they're dead and buried at the moment. But I think Fulham have got. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm, I'm saying they've got a fighting chance. Uh, I think I've watched them recently. I watched them against Man United. I thought they were really good. I thought they were really good against us. Um, so yeah. I've, I just think Sheff- Fulham... Sheffield United were quite good against you guys. Yeah, they were. Actually, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I just think yeah. I've got, got that extra, uh, that bit of attacking um, potency which Sheffield United and West Brom don't have. Um, so I think watch this space with Fulham. Yeah, I, I'd agree with Bob. I think if there's anybody gonna gonna get out of it, it's Fulham. Um, I th- I think the the gap between Fulham and, and Newcastle is around seven points. If I was a Newcastle fan, I would be a little worried about about certainly the way they're playing, or if they were to lose a, a Callum Wilson or a Saint Maximin. I can't um, watch that much Newcastle at all. I don't know about you two, but they've got better recently. Know. But they used to be yeah. what I watching paint dry. Yeah, no, definitely. I think they've they've a strange knack Newcastle of getting results. Um, they they went to Everton and, and beat them. I, That's I true. I don't know where they get the the format of sometimes, but I think they just turn up when whenever they like. Um, but in terms of that, that, I'd say that's us finished. Um, we've covered a, a large kind of range of topics to from Champions League to how Liverpool are doing this season. I suppose Europa League spots. Hopefully, not not saying there. You'll be joining us on Thursday nights. I suppose if, if <laughs> oh, you continue on not. There. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, enjoy your trips to Russia on a Thursday night. Yeah, it's it's going to be oh, Turin. Be there. <laughs> it's going to be Turin tomorrow night and Thursday night. So. Uh, uh, a nice neutral venue, um, so so we'll have to wait and see. But um, thanks thanks to you guys for joining me. Anyway, it's been it's been really good to have some guests on, get a different perspective. I suppose some people will 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 be glad to to not hear me talk alone for for a half an hour or an hour, whatever it is, and hear some new oh, voices. Just but, a shame uh, now to listen to Bob join on this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I just thanks yeah, for, yeah. thanks for letting Tom come. Uh, I know I know you originally t- uh, texted me about it, but yeah, I just thought it'd be yeah. nice for just for Tom to have a bit of company and. Uh, and uh, do something that uh, do something interesting for a change. Yeah, it was, it was good. You got to mention the Bielsa bandwagon anyway, and how much of a how much of a manage, how much of a how much you respect him, I suppose. So um, now, thanks <laughs> thanks to you guys. Um, make sure you do check out Red Talks uh, also on Spotify. Um, and yeah, give them a listen. Even if you're not a Liverpool fan, it's it's interesting to hear their perspective and, and how they're doing. But uh, if you if you did enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. Um, and, and we'll be back next Friday for another episode. So thanks thanks to you guys and, and uh, have, have a nice rest of your week. Thanks, thanks a lot, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks.